Good morrow, fellow travelers, to another magical episode of the now infamously known podcast series called Have You Seen It? Where we discuss a film, smash it into tiny pieces, and reassemble it into a well-written analysis to give you a simple recommendation to see the film or not. We don't have a point system and only use the power of math only when I want to. Haha. <laughs> we also help you, the listener, in making informed choices in your film-watching journey. Also... We want to help you continue to grow in your movie buff power. I was tempted back to the movie theaters once again because I love the MCU so much and a longtime Thor fan. And I want to see the latest solo film for The God of Thunder. So this episode is dedicated to this new edition. Thor Love and Thunder, Thor 4, whatever you want to call it. It's the fourth film in the God of Thunder series, apparently. So grab your magical weapons, enchanted hammers, items cloaks and whatever you want to bring on a quest and we will dive through the realms of analysis and adventure er adventure adventure this entry takes place right after avengers endgame through clever narration and other fun narrative devices you learn what the god of thunder has been up to and a quick recap on who he is what he has gone through and what his journey is taking him next love recaps love them This fresh take on telling a Thor movie to be excited for. Anyways, Thor Odinson starts on a journey of self-discovery to find out what he wants and finds a new purpose through the pursuit of inner peace. But that is put on pause when an infamous god butcher is killing gods across multiple pantheons across the galaxy. Thor bounces back to action to stop this new threat, this time with friends old and new. He is shocked to see when his ex-girlfriend is now wielding his ex-weapon Mjolnir as the mighty Thor. So will he get the girl and the hammer back this time around? Will Gore the God Butcher get the revenge he desires? Will we get another Matt Damon cameo? Well, all those questions will be answered when watching the film. Some other elements that stuck out was the new direction I briefly mentioned in another episode is this film has more creative input and touch of the director's creative vision that makes sense addition to the series that makes it lighthearted and enjoyable overall. Plus, the background information showed subtly and obvious means helps the viewer understand the God of Thunder and his crew in this adventure easier and escaping the common issue MCU movies have. Assuming viewers have seen all the interconnecting films, shows, and more to understand every single reference, cameo, etc. Name drop, whatever. But this film is not the case, so that was a pleasant surprise. Also, the moods with the use of the color and the rock space Viking theme with the costume design slash color palette was a feast for the eyes, among other things some people might say, but I digress. So overall, this film adds on the foundation the last entry built on. It made it a fun adventure movie you could enjoy without too strong ties to other MCU movies, which is a breath of fresh air for casual viewers. Also, Christian Bale's performance as Gore, the God Butcher, is outstanding and creepy to the core. Random side note, there's something about his character design that feels familiar. He's on a murder rampage to kill gods of various pantheons. He has a shaved head and strange tattoos all over his body, has a legendary sword used to kill gods with, has serious anger issues, and has a daughter killed by the gods in action or direct action. 
Are we sure we're not talking about Kratos from the God of War series? <laughs> Mine as well, Gore screamed, Ares! At the top of his lungs. <laughs> uh, one might also say that he lived long enough to become the villain. <laughs> uh, if you get that quote, I'll give you a fist bump if you find me out in the world. So I highly recommend giving this film a watch. Some of the usual helpful information to help you, dear listener, in making informed decisions in your film-watching journey is this. This film is rated PG-13 for swearing, partial nudity. You see the God of Thunder's entire butt, briefly, but still a naked person. So, you have been warned. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, significant to brief amount of gore slash blood and fantasy violence throughout. Common staple of an MCU. As for the blood amount, the gods and evil monsters' blood colors are black slash green and gold. So parents might see that as a no big deal, but the unrealistic color coming out of these people is flirting with the R rating, in my opinion. But since it's not red and therefore not real, no one bats an eye or finds that as a big deal. My whole rant about John Carter... Same aspect, but I digress. I'm not trying to deter you from seeing this film, but it's just a weird loophole with the rating system by changing the blood colors of aliens, magical people, creatures, etc. to anything not red. Therefore, you can do whatever they want and keep the PG-13 rating. But you should be fine with teens and up seeing this film. Moving on, at the time of this recording, this film is still in movie theaters but it will likely move to the streaming platform Disney Plus in a month or so, and many other digital platforms that you can rent or buy films nowadays. But if you don't want to summon the film like the mighty hammer Mjolnir himself, itself, the hammer is not a male that I'm aware of, you could always get a hard copy of the film on DVD or Blu-ray. All right, my fellow adventurers, let's jump on the Bifrost to teleport ourselves to our favorite segment portion of the episode called Filmology where we define a term, role, gear, narrative device, and term that helps make that sweet movie magic. This week's filmology term is costume design. Sometimes this aspect is slotted into set design, makeup, wardrobe, etc. Regardless of department it's slotted into, costume design is important as every other aspect in making a film. Costume design is the use and purpose of keeping the tone of the film with what actors or characters would wear to represent the tone of the film in the best way possible. So for an example, in an 80s comedy movie, they would have all the main characters dress up in era-appropriate clothing and not have them dress like they're in the Middle Ages. It would just stick out unless it's related to the narrative. So it takes an army to make a feature film, and with so many moving parts to keep everything together. By Odin's beard! We're already on the last segment of today's episode called Fun Facts where we give you some fun facts about or around the making of the film to further help you build your movie buff power and be worthy of lifting Stormbreaker itself. Side note, I don't know if Thor's weapons are gendered or it's just an object. I don't know if he personifies them in the movies or comics. That would be a question for the interns, and I'm deeply curious, but that answer will be... We will talk about that on another episode because we don't have time for that. So here's some fun facts of the following. This is the fourth solo film featuring the God of Thunder, not counting his other MCU appearances. Filming for this feature was planned in late 2020, but was delayed to early 2021 instead due to the COVID pandemic. 
Natalie Portman and Christian Bale were not immediately interested in taking on these roles in this feature, but won over by the director, Taika Watiti himself. This is Taika's second time directing a Thor film, and also voices the rock alien Korg, who is the general narrator of this film. Despite Chris's contract ending, he has shown that he has... He is very much interested in playing the God of Thunder as long as he can. Alrighty, fun people. I'm winding this episode down mostly because the interns have convinced me to go LARPing with them at the nearby community park after we finish recording. Yes, I am very excited, and they told me I can't be Thor in said LARPing session. Boo. But I can decide what my mystical weapon is, and I'm choosing Zeus's Thunderbolt as my preferred magical weapon, so that's a win at least. So anyways, hope you all had a good time. Give this film a watch or not. I ain't your mama. Now you can ask your friends this question. Have you seen Thor Love and Thunder?